0: How do I look, Louie? Good, thank you. Hey, go My name's Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink podcast, and this is episode number nine. Now, I'll be honest, I'm coming in hot today with uh, absolutely no inspiration, no topics, no ideas. So I went through like a little list that I have going for myself every day and just kind of wanted to see what I've been thinking about lately and that. And I thought, what better thing to talk about than this list? I don't know if this is what I'm going to talk about the whole time, but I do want to bring up this list because it's super... Uh, it's, it's just interesting, I guess. So basically what I do every day, I've made this a bit of a habit with myself is I create three categories just on a word document every day. I start it with like, you know, the day, the date, you know, so Tuesday, the sixth of whatever. And, uh, then I'll start with what I achieved and then under that I'll have ideas. And then under that I'll have, uh, what I'm looking forward to. And the interesting thing about it is it forces me to like, obviously you have to have discipline to do this list every day. Like you have to sit down, allocate time for just this and do just this. You can't really do it in between things and you kind of have to do it at the end of the day or during the day as you're going. Um, But it just forces me to be quite uh, current with like what I'm thinking about, what's going on, like my progression and making sure that I am getting things done. And I find what it also does is it allows me to celebrate the small things as well. So like, Today, for example, i put in like a big order for something and that's on the list of things that I, I've achieved. But also on the list of things that I have achieved is like, you know, um, you know, like sweeping out the caravan or maybe doing the dishes. It's like it's sometimes it's like a thing that you do every day. It still makes it to the list because I still class it as an achievement. And the catalyst of all this happening was kind of like I kept feeling when I made the crossover between having a job um, and getting into this place of like, I guess, being a small business owner, or, you know, an entrepreneur, or whatever you want to call it, where your day is kind of filled with like, I see my day as just an opportunity to make money, like the, I I have to organize all of my um, ducks in a row, so that I'm making money today, I'm making money next week, and I'm making money in the future. And every day, I get a new opportunity to do a little bit better at that. But unfortunately, when you kind of throw yourself out, to the wind like that, you know, you're kind of relying on the fact that you have to make that money, <clears throat> your mindset changes a bit. And I've talked about in the past, I've talked about another podcast about uh, not letting, kind of not getting caught up in the idea of, oh no, more so like, I think a, a good a good place to start is not having any debt allows me to have a free mindset as far as like, I don't have anyone knocking on the door, right? There's no nothing saying like you've got to get this money together by this time or this date. I kind of the only thing I have to worry about is building this to a certain point where I can stop leaning on the people around me who who do support me both financially and mentally and physically and all the rest. Get myself to a point where I can not only support myself in my normal life outside of my business but also be able to put money back into the system. It's just kind of making the days between now and then, you know as short as possible so I do have a little like obviously I've got less pressure than if I went and got a business loan and I had to make that money back in a certain amount of time and some to make it justifiable but they like at the same time there is a certain amount of like because I don't have a job per se it's quite easy like if you go a week and nothing's really moved forward you're just unemployed you don't have a small business you're just unemployed with a hobby you know so I found what I did with a list was I would like cuz I would get heaps of stuff done during the day and like you know I don't want to get into into my routine too much but like usually I'm up pretty early and I won't stop working until like Larissa comes home or there's actually like a hey you need a, you need to do this you know maybe it's like I have to allocate time during the day obviously to do things around the house like you know collect the eggs and make sure this fires stocked up and like, you know, it takes about an hour to walk around and do all these things. Make sure there's wood for, for, for the wood, uh, sorry for the fire and whatnot. Um, but it's, it's definitely easy to like, it's easy to just fill up your day full of stuff so much so that you don't remember what you've done because like, while well, you can throw back. And there's a thing like when my mindset is in a place where I'm constantly trying to make sure that the processes I have in play are being done, and as well as that, I'm leaving the door open for creativity. So if I can increase those, those processes, or I can engage with other processes or, you know, establish other processes that will better what I'm trying to do in a certain way, you have to always leave the door open for, for creativity there. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you th- I feel like I'm thinking so much about so many different things all the time that it's very easy to forget, like what I did at, like my day the this morning started at 2am because I just... I had a lot of stuff to get done on social media before I did any posting. So I kind of like, you know, you start at 2 a.m. It's it's quarter to three in the afternoon now. And like remembering what I've done besides like speak to my mum on the phone and, and put in an order for t-shirts this morning. It's like it's easy just to forget. So I found myself like it originally started with just things I achieved, But then I realized that um, I think things I look forward to as well, that kind of came about pretty organically. It, it ties into... Uh, a, a greater idea that I have that you should always have something you should be looking forward to. And realistically, you kinda wanna have three things you're looking forward to. A big thing in the future, a medium thing in the medium term, and then something that's just like, I'm looking forward to having KFC on Friday night, or I'm looking forward to spending time with Larissa and Louie on Saturday, whatever it might be. I think that there should always be something that you're looking forward to. And I think a really important part of life is to remind yourself that, that this is all worth something. That even if today was a bad day, there is there is a good day either coming just around the corner or there's a good day in far enough sight that it's worth c- continuing to push on. And the crazy part is like what I'm looking forward to, it's super interesting to go back and read it because like on some days, like I'm looking forward to driving a, a dark green Porsche uh, Panamera 2017 model. And then other days I'm looking forward to, you know, like I'm looking forward to delivering a local, a local drop-off that someone you know selected and you know obviously they've elected to get local drop-off and i've never met them before and now they're a new customer and it's like they've they've knowingly got they've selected local drop-off so they can meet me so i get excited to meet these people who are now a part of my business and then other days i'm looking forward to you know i have you know certain parts of my business that are taking a big step forward the next day like i remember when i was sitting on 99 orders um i had you know i was waiting i was looking forward to the next day cuz i was so sure it was going to come in that 100th order my 100th online order and sure enough it did and you know it's it's crazy to think that some days i'm just looking forward to like not living in a fucking caravan or not having dirty feet or having a shower in the same dwelling as where i live you know or not having to walk up to the bloody toilet through the rain and shit when you're you know hanging for one but yeah it's just i think the thing about the list is it's really grounding and it's really encouraging because like even the fact that like I I got to a point where obviously if you're mentioning everything that you're looking forward to, every achievement that you've made and every you know half serious idea that you've had, it's pretty easy to fill up a a page fairly quickly. And I just do them as dot points. So I don't waste time with like, today I'm looking forward to, it's like I write that once and then just dot point, dot point, dot point, dot point. So I got to a point where like filling up a page wasn't really a thing. A page and a half was like a busy day. And like I could could do a page and a half on, on most days that I was working. But the thing um, that I found that was super encouraging is after a month, you've got like 35, 40 pages of just shit that's going on, you know, and like, I appreciate that I probably have a bit more going on than I'm not, I probably, I, my, my day probably has more transactions and things happening than, than your average person. So, you know, obviously a page and a half or a page for, you know, your you average person, might not be applicable, but also I feel like if you really break down what you're like, there's a thing, like it goes back to being just really good at your job, I guess. If you have a job that has more than like, if you don't do the same repetitive thing over and over, if if you do have it segmented into parts of your day or, you know, maybe you do a different thing every day, it's like just the achievement of like, sometimes it's figuring out a new process or sometimes it's like learning a deeper, like having a deeper knowledge of something that you already understood. It's like breaking those things down on a daily level and being able to appreciate them on a daily level you know maybe maybe like whoever's listening to this maybe you do have a page full of achievements and ideas and things that you're looking forward to every day but the cool part i found was like when you look at 40 pages and it's all in like it's in size 12 the calibri font so it's not like i'm fucking around with some big font you know with bold lettering and shit. it's like that's a genuine 40 pages of shit that's going on and after a month you look back and you're like well this is essentially like a journal to me, almost, you know, like a journal I like to think would have a bit more emotion attached to it. This is more like a more just like a collection of, of dot points, I guess, in its most literal sense. But um, <clears throat> I think the I think the thing that it gives you is like not even a not even like just the satisfaction knowing that you've got that much going on but it gives you something to grasp onto as well. So when I go back and read that, I almost go back into that day so much better than I ever would have been able to my mem- um, in my memory, because not only am I putting down the things that I have achieved, but I've also put down the ideas that I've had in between those achievements, and in that there's like this interlocked, interlock of bloody I guess, neurons in my mind, because obviously that's, you know, that's how things happen. Something happens, you think about this, you take an action, which leads to the next thought, which leads to the le- next action, and there you go. And it's super cool to see the things that I was looking forward to that I did, and then, like, you would see two days later, things I achieved. This thing that I was looking forward to, I went out and did. So that that's pretty cool. And also, the... the I God damn, they didn't forget my sugar today. Whoo! This late in the afternoon as well. I'm going to be so... F- Fucking annoying when Larissa comes home. She's the same though. Like she'll come home and she'll be all crazy while she's making dinner, I'm making dinner and like to the point where she's annoying. And like not that she's ever annoying, she's she's fucking adorable, but it's just like you definitely had a coffee after twelve, didn't you? And she look at like, Yeah, someone brought me a mocker or something. It's like, yeah, I, I can tell, you know, your eyes are bloodshot and you fucking run around the van like you're Louie. Anyway. Yeah, the ideas part of it is really cool because I find that the ideas part is almost a chance to let myself say what I'm thinking. And I feel like when you have heaps of ideas all the time, like I tend to find my ideas are more of like a, a visual, like I can see this happening like this in the future. And then when I have to put it on paper, you have to make that commitment to what the idea is. You have to you have to validate it in that moment and you really have to like kind of extract it and pull it out. And I think that's a fun process as well because it allows you to like, you know, it's, I mean, in one sense, it's a character building process because you're like, well, how do I actually feel about this particular thing? And like, it's really easy to, to pick that apart and go, oh, how do you emotionally feel about this part of your business that you're trying to perfect? Well, that's the shit that I'm doing with my life. So yeah, how do I feel about it? What do I think this is? How do I think this is the best move? And why do I think this is a good idea? And, you know, it does a lot of weeding, like organically for you in your mind. But man, it also like, sometimes your idea is only half of the sentence. And then when you get it out on paper, the other half, gets pulled out and you're like, oh, that's exactly what it is. And you know what I find more of at this point of like thinking as a critically thinking uh, adult, I guess, I find more, um, I find more value and probably, yeah, I find more value in too, in, in like ideas that I've had that I've, I've developed as a teenager or as a child, you know, those massive pillars of thought you know, realizations, I find more value and like kind of depth when you cross over these like thoughts or pillars of ideas, rather than trying to come up with completely new organic, massive pillars of thought. I know that sounds really obvious, like use what you've got, but also I feel at the same time when you're trying to be, I wouldn't say trying to be a philosopher, I just think trying to be someone who's like, I think we all have something in In us that makes us want to be great more than it makes us want to be just average and I think when when I read an inspirational quote I always think I wonder what inspirational quote would fall out of my mouth that would end up on paper and be worth any value and I think I spent a lot of my young adult years trying to be that person who comes up with something really smart rather than just like using the stuff that's around me and like sure, this is the thing you are going to come up with something brilliant, but it's going to come up with a million of cross a million crossovers of other people's ideas that are brilliant ideas themselves that get you to a point of either understanding or being able to offer value in a way that you're coming up with an idea that's worth being quotable. you know what I mean so yeah, it's just interesting to get those ideas down in a word document and allow yourself to do just allow yourself to like. Be honest with the, the document or like you know what you're writing be honest with yourself and also like go like give yourself a chance to go like that's a good idea like I'm actually that's fucking cool you know what I mean and the cool thing about this is it's for me you know I'm not gonna read you these ideas right now because that it kind of takes the power away from it. it's like this here is just for me and in a way this might be worth something when like I would love to give this list to my mum one day because I know she would appreciate that I'd love to give this list to Larissa one day and like see all the things like you because you don't lie to the list You know what I mean? The list kind of makes you have that integrity with yourself and say like, well, if you're going to justify it, then it's here, like good on you, do something about it, you know? It's a a cool thing. I actually, I think writing things down as well. I made this connection when I was younger when obviously I did a lot of creative writing. Uh, The thing about creative writing, I used to have a dead set rule with myself that I would not do any more than one, like I would write a draft and that's it i used to think back in the day that was the final copy but what i realized is i would write a draft and know that it's not perfect but i would defend the fact that that's how it has to be and it has to be handwritten because it has to be a commitment in the moment when you're creating it to say that this word cannot be scratched out And once I can complete this whole line, this line can't be redone. It is done, it is on paper, it's in handwriting, and also embedded in the way that I wrote this, depending on how I wrote it, whether I wrote it with a pen or with a pencil, whether it's running writing or whether it's block letters, whether it's small, whether it's big, it adds so much character to the page. So to take anything from it is to take integrity from it. And obviously that's what I apply here to my list, but, oh sorry, I apply that to my list here, but obviously you can, you know, correct your spelling and backspace and all the rest. But I mean, beyond bloody, beyond making sure the grammar, uh, beyond making sure it's readable, I just get the idea out and move on. And in reality, like I haven't gone back to read this more than like three or four times since I started doing this exercise. And the only reason I'll go back is like, I might get myself in a bit of a funk one afternoon. I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm just like, you, you know, I do have thoughts, you know, I do have moments where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? You know, and you go back to this list and you go, that's what the fuck I'm doing. That's what the fuck I'm doing right there. You know, it's not even that, it's not even the achievements. It's like just seeing that I'm in a place where I remember being, like it was no longer than two years ago, I was in a truck and I had this disgruntled fucking anger in me because I have brilliant ideas and can't do anything with them. I would have ideas about how I could better someone else's business and they would fall on deaf ears. Now I'm in a position where I don't just have ideas and write them down. I can execute them. The, 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 the difference between like having an idea, so that the time difference between having an idea and having it in reality has gone from fucking two months to two, two hours. It's crazy. You know, I mean, the one thing that I don't have now that I used to have is the financial freedom to do things. But as far as time and energy goes, like the world is now my oyster. And like, just seeing, like, Hey man, don't even worry about the ideas. Just focus on the fact that you've got them in your head and they're on paper and things are happening. The wheels are turning, you know, it's just, yeah, I thought talking about this list would be a, it's just an interesting thing. I find that with, with the time that I've had from now that you understand a bit further that, you know, obviously I have what sent, what looks like I say this because I don't ever want to be caught out, you know. I don't want I don't want to ever put myself up on a pedestal of being like a, a successful young entrepreneur, business owner that has everything figured out and all the rest. I live in a caravan. Like I'm I'm doing it fucking rough, you know what I mean? I try to be as transparent as I can with that. But at the same time, I'm trying to be as porous as I can to this learning situation that I'm in where I'm very sure the outcome I'm I'm sure, I'm I'm so fucking definitely sure that my outcome is financial freedom and the ability to do whatever I want with my business and provide the lifestyle that I'm trying to provide for my for my family. Um, but obviously between now and then, it there's gonna be a lot like basically trials and tribulations of fucking black ink. It is just like figuring out what does and doesn't work. And it's not just on a business sense where You go, okay, well, I spent this money over here on marketing. I didn't get any return. Or I spent this money over here on on this professional, which I thought was going to add value to my business and I didn't have any return. It's learning who you are as a person. You know, it's like this, this is very similar to sport and being an athlete in that like 50% of this is just mindset. 50% of this is waking up with like the right mind frame that you need to have to execute a thousand small jobs in a day and all of them have to be done as good as the next. It's crazy. Like the journey between being a truck driver who drives road trains where you literally get paid to steer and switch this thing off, just steer and make sure you don't crash anything. That's your whole job. We don't even put a fucking gear stick next to you because that adds too much pressure to the job. It's all just bloody, you know, just fucking click it in drive and go. To now, like, I have to be be sure that, like, if I get a phone call from a random number at eight o'clock in the morning, it's not a choice anymore. You have to answer it. Hi, this is Jake from Black Ink. What's going on? Who are you? How can I help you? How what's how can yeah? What can I do to help you? I know that person, you know. So I feel like it's a. I try and you know I speak about how I try and make the right decision that I think would be. I try and make the decision that if I were me in five years time, looking back at the decisions I have to make, I try and make the right decision in that guy's eyes rather than what I think is right now. So, I mean, sometimes you go, you know, I could do something that would make me money, you know, that would make me, uh, you know, enough money to be comfortable again now. Uh, but would it add the type of value that I'm trying to add to my business to build what I think it needs to be in five years time. And usually, you know, it might mean that I might go hungry for a couple weeks more, but dude, if it's going to add value to my business, it's not really a question at this point. So uh, yeah, I forget what the bloody, where I was going with that. Okay. I'll admit it. I completely lost my train of thought, but, but I know I was somewhere along the lines of this is how much I lost my train of thought. I have no fucking idea. I've got a general idea. Right? So I know I was talking about the sort of lifestyle that I live now compared to when I was driving trucks. And uh, one thing I have realized lately, you know, what's really fucking useful, that's really useful is the Monday to Friday work week. I never realized this because it's kind of crazy that like, I felt like I've spent heaps of time in my mind trying to get out of the sort of person like the first thing I wanted to do was like, I want to get out of this idea of you know having a job as Monday to Friday. I want to be like I want to be able to get coffee on a Wednesday morning. I want to hang out with my friends on a Tuesday night. I you know maybe I want to have Mondays off, maybe I never want to work weekends or maybe I only want to work weekends and I went through that whole period and then I got to a point where I'm like I don't even want to know what day of the week it is. I'm not interested in having any sort of structure in my life where you know we, we do this on a Monday or we do this on a Tuesday. I just want every day to be exactly like the rest. And the only time I want to know what day of the week it is, is the weekend because I know everyone else runs by that bloody time frame. And I know that it's time to go party or whatever. And now I'm at a point where it's like, well, if I break it down, I can work really hard for five days at a time. And then on the sixth day, I can put in like half a day's worth of effort. And then on the seventh day, I just want to fucking close the door. I want to eat good food. You know, I want to, I want to fucking roll a number. I want to hang out with Louie. I want to hang out with Larissa. I want to go for a drive. You know, it's just, uh, and then the crazy part about it is you wake up Monday morning and through nothing more than just having pure fucking enthusiasm to get the job done. You're raging to go. Like you're actually raging to go. And obviously like, the disclaimer here is you should really enjoy what you're doing that makes it super easy if you're enjoying what you're doing obviously but it uh it's definitely like it's easy to fall into the trap of just fucking work 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 but realistically taking that time off and like I'm the first to admit like I'll wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning I'll do all of my work and like all of my work for the morning and be done by six or seven o'clock I'll go back to bed and not set an alarm and just sleep for as long as I possibly can like you know, even if you sleep for two or three hours, get all of that back. So I do take that time off, but as soon as I wake up again, it's flat out until I get told to stop working or I need to wash the dishes so that I can make dinner or whatever. You know, Larissa comes home from work, fill it in. It's just uh, it's 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 easy for me to continue to to continue on working, but I've definitely found that even though I feel like there's some sort of uh, fear, like I don't know if anyone else has this. I don't even like stopping for lunch. If I'm doing physical work all day, fuck stop. Like, stop for smoker, get a coffee, take a shit, smoke a cigarette, you know, have a bit of a yarn, have a laugh, but then get straight back to it. And then let's not stop until we're packing the gear up to go home. Because if I sit down for lunch, I don't want to get back up, you know. And I don't know where you're listening to this, but in Australia, like normally the middle of the day, I mean, obviously besides now because it's fucking raining cats and dogs... But the middle of the day, if you stop, go inside aircon and that and then go back out and it's anything more than 25 degrees, go fuck yourself. I don't want to start working again. And I feel that that applies on a bigger scale to, you know, if I start winding down on Saturday and then put my feet up on the couch by bloody Saturday afternoon and I don't start working again until Monday morning, dude, Monday morning is going to be hard. It's not the case. I find that if you part like, and this is the thing I've had to adapt into my thinking as well and into my processes is I have to get. As good at relaxing as I am working hard I have to program myself to be able to not think about work as much as I think about work you know it's kind of one of those things where you know as a I don't know if it's just me or if it's a male thing or if it's a human thing but there is definitely a thing there's definitely a feeling of like if I stop this momentum then I'm never gonna build this momentum again but the reality is like if we just use some rolling numbers to begin with, let's say you work you know you start Monday on one and then Tuesday you get a bit better, you do two. and then on Wednesday you're three. These numbers are representative of like your productivity, your energy output, your your return, your results, whatever you want to call it, just your overall progress. So by Thursday you're a four, Friday you're a five, Saturday you're a 5 point5 because you, you know you stop in the middle of the day and then you're scared that you're gonna start back at one. But the thing is that like, thing that you've done has allowed you to start the next week, maybe on two or 2.5. Then every day you build, you build, you build, you build. And then the next week, you're not starting on 2.5. Maybe you're starting on five this time. And the reality, like we think, like, well, I think that this momentum idea that I have that if I stop, then I'm going to start back at one again. It's like true. You're not going to start exactly where you left off, but you're also like where you left off the week before, but you're also not going to start where you started last week. You're going to start a bit better. And then the better you get with your decision making and your allocation of time and energy, then it means you're making these decisions, which you know obviously are gonna get you better and better results. So say if you get 100 weeks down the track and you've got in the process of being able to give yourself a break, separate yourself from that work and those problems and that thought process and that energy output, give it to something that you enjoy, give it to recovery, give it to eating right and drinking water and making sure everything's back on top, giving time to yourself and your family and and like even like doing some internalized thinking that has nothing to do with the business, allows you to come back stronger, re-energized, fresh. And then maybe instead of like going up just one in your your recovery time, maybe you got like 10. So maybe we finished on 150 on Saturday afternoon and then we started Monday morning on 220. You know what I mean? I know the numbers system is a bit hard to follow, but you followed it. It's all good. Recovery is such a wild thing, you know. Oh, I got excited about that idea, that idea, and now I'm puffed. But um, yeah, recovery is such a weird thing. Even when I was skating, I used to find, and sorry, I probably probably should say, you most likely haven't heard of inline speed skating, and if you have, you probably think it's got something to do with Stephen Bradbury, who fell over in the in short track Winter Olympics in the early 2000s. Yes and no, it's that with wheels. And it's a hugely athletic sport. Like the top of the 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 class speed skaters are fucking animals. Like they really are. They're just, skating is such a full body exercise. It's not really relatable to any other sport. It's just like, it uses literally every muscle in your body and it goes from 500 or 200 meter sprints right up to 42K marathons. And like I even did a hundred kilometer, a hundred kilometer race over in Holland when I was there in 2010 or whatever it was. Was it 2010, 2011 maybe? No, it was 2010. So, like, the people who do speed skating are absolute fucking animals. And consequently, um, like, we always used to get told, you know, make sure you recover properly and all the rest. And there was always the weird dude in the whatever training group you're in who had ice baths and did all the bullshit. And, you know what I mean? Like, he would stretch properly and warm up and warm down and blah, blah, blah. Dude, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. The actual, like, the the actual exercise and the energy output literally is like 40% of it. Like when you add in recovery and mindset, dude, that's fucking everything, everything. And like without getting, no nah, fuck it. Let's cross over. I want to go into like a, an exercise frame of mind. On top of that, the ability to do things after you visualize them is so much easier than trying to just pick up some sort of, some sort of like new concept. So I remember like he used to have this like one coach that I communicated really well with, he would stop and say like, so here's what we're doing with our hips, here's what we're doing with our shoulders, here's what we're doing with our knees. So, you know, when, when we're doing a recovery, let's try and make the shape of a D with our knee. And then as it gets to the bottom of the, the D, we're going to make sure our toe is pointing towards the ground. And then when you drive through, so he gave me this whole list of things that I could like go through on my head. And like, even if you had to close your eyes and look at the bloody, look at the sky, like, figure out what it looks like in your mind and then go and apply it to your feet, man, that shit's so easy. And funny that I bring this up actually because uh, I think this started, um, I started having these dreams probably about a year ago where I would be on my push bike and I don't know if you're familiar familiar with, um, what's his name, RRD Blocks or something, on Instagram, he's like, he can wheelie anything anywhere. He's just absolutely, he was like the first person who blew up online for doing wheelies. And um, I'm literally like riding like what he is through this like busy city intersection where like, you know, I'd speed up and slow down all on the back wheel and I'd stop and I'd hop still on the back wheel while while I waited for the light to change and then I'd ride off still on my back wheel. And the feeling of knowing what the wheelie was I now know in hindsight is true to what the feeling of doing a wheelie is in real life. And the thing was, I had this dream repetitively, like over and over and over again. It wouldn't be every night, but I'd have it like two, three times a week, so much so I'd wake up and be like, oh, I had the bloody, the wheelie dream again. Riz would be like, yeah, cool story, bro. But the wild part is like, I only really now doing a wheelie about a week ago now. Like I was probably 10 days ago now. And I mean like being able to, you know, in any situation, any speed, pull the wheel up, And just, I can't steer it too much at the moment. I can give it a general direction, but I can pull it up and hold it there until, you know, most of the time it'll be until you just lose speed or something comes out in front of you or whatever. Like I can just hold the the, the wheel up. And the crazy part is, as I said, the feeling of doing a wheelie is congruent with what the feeling of doing a wheelie was in my mind. And the other day I was, uh, the other night I should say I woke up. And you know how it goes, you wake up and you either remember your dreams super clearly as you wake up and then they dissipate over time, or you have no idea that you dreamt at all. And then during the day, you have these things that flash back and you're like, was that my life or was that dreaming? Did I do too many drugs as a teenager? I don't know, you know? So one thing that I realized uh, the other day, I was getting halfway through the day and I was like, oh, I've never done a wheelie on a motorbike before. That was a dream. That was a dream that I had last night. And then sure enough, had another dream of me doing a wheelie on a motorbike. And then of course I end up talking, I mean, fucking probably 20% of my mates either do wheelies on dirt bikes or Harleys, which is fucking a crazy thought to think. But if, you know, obviously if you follow my Instagram, that's, that's, yeah, a lot of blokes around me are into like freestyle motocross and doing the wildest shit on Harleys you can imagine. I was talking to one of my friends who, we're, we're, we're quite close, Jake Holloway. He rides for, um... Uh, freestyle Kings and Hardwire Entertainment doing freestyle motocross shows. And I said to him, I said, man, like, I kind of want to get a 110 because I'm at a point now where I can pull the bike up, I, I can do all the rest. Um, I don't want to do it on my 450 because if you know anything about bikes, you know, trying to do a wheelie for the first time on a motorbike on a 450 is like, you know, trying to do a burnout with a Ferrari and you've never driven a car before, you know? Like, I, I, I'm pretty good at riding a motorbike, but I'm not that good, you know? And obviously, that if you... If you don't know much about bikes in general, um, doing a wheelie has a lot to do with uh, controlling the back brake more than it has to do with like doing any pedaling or anything. Cause you can kind of put yourself in a wild position with a wheelie and a back brake is going to be the thing that will save you. I've learned on a push bike that I found on the side of the road, consequently, it's got like maybe 10% of its brakes left on the back. So unless I'm going really slow, pull- pulling on the back brake does fucking absolutely nothing. So talking to him about it he's like man once you like I, you won't have to unlearn the back brake control up here and then translate it to your foot because obviously a motorbike has a foot back brake whereas a push bike has a has a hand brake for... like on your left hand that's your brake for your back back wheel. Um, you know you won't have to unlearn the hand and go to the foot you'll just be learning how to control it with your foot and he goes in reality man, if you've got it you've got it you can if you've got it on a push bike, you can do it on a motorbike and if I lean into what I know, I feel like if I just fucking did it, I would be fine at doing a wheelie. The only moment that that wheelie would stop being any good is when I started thinking about what I'm doing and got myself out of that flow state. I lean so much on the idea that that feeling that I had when I was dreaming of what a wheelie was on a motorbike and locking that feeling in and knowing what it is now and like watching other people do wheelies on Instagram and thinking like, I see what they're doing. I know what they're focusing on. I see their hips, their knees. I see what the balance point is and you know how much they rely on just using the power of the bike to get the bike up or whether they like bounce it up into it or whether they clutch drop or if they're doing it at low speed, whatever it is. It's like, I really seem to be able to isolate what the feeling is just through this memory of what the dream was so much so that I might just fucking try wheeling my 450 eventually. Cause why not? You know, I feel like I've already done it. And on top of that, I dreamt the other day that I can do, uh, that I was at a skate park and I could do grinds without thinking about it on my skates. Now, I've never done aggressive skating. I've never tried to do the skate park shit. I've always just been a free skater that like shreds the streets, brother. But yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird these, that that crossover of the fact that like, if you visualize something before you do it, it becomes so easy because you've already, you kind of already done it. When I say so easy, it's not easy in comparison to not doing it at all it's easy in comparison to doing it without visualizing it first. And the more faith you put into the the realism of the visual, visualization as you're doing it, the easier it becomes in real life. You know, I feel like even, sorry. Oh man, I must be excited about this podcast because I'm fucking, I'm puffed the whole thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, I think, uh, with, with, with visualizing with visualizing things before you do it as well, as I said, the more faith you give to the visualization itself, the easier it becomes. I know that sometimes before, like, I, I find a lot of anxiety going into offices and places, you know, where I, I don't even know how to isolate what I'm talking about. I think more like sometimes I'll go uh, to the industrial area and I have to go to, you know, like a, a nuts and bolt shop or a tool shop or something. I hate the idea of walking in the door and having to walk up to the counter, having that moment where you make eye contact for the first time and you walk up, hey, how you gone? Da, da, da. So a lot of times I will tell myself on the way to the place how it's gonna go before I get there, exactly down to like, you're gonna walk in, they're gonna have the air con on, they're gonna do this, rah, 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 rah. And even if it's inaccurate as to how it plays out in real life, because I've already lived that and it was a successful memory that I went through, I always find that going in there and doing the thing is like, well, this is fucking easy. And you know, now that I say that I used to have this, this is a bizarre, I remember this thought process that I had when I was quite young was if I didn't consider every possible negative outcome, then there was definitely one of those outcomes was definitely gonna happen. So it's like the only way I could protect myself from negative things happening was to make sure that I had exhausted all of those options as thoughts in my mind beforehand. And I don't know what got me out of it. Like I remember obviously raised as a Christian child, went to private schools and whatnot. <clears throat> um, that wasn't a humble brag on going to pri- private schools. That's not a brag. Trust me. I've been to private and public and there's a lot more to gain from a public school as far as integrity and respect and being fucking punched into line. You know what I mean? But being raised Christian, I I, always, I had this thing where, and obviously this ties into Christianity more more than what my thought process is, but also it would probably shape my thought process to a certain extent, is that uh, I, I prayed out of fear of, out of like, fear of if I didn't pray, something would happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I always felt that there was a, I would feel guilty if I didn't pray. And I think guilt is tied into Christianity to a certain extent. I'm not bashing Christianity all. I'm just saying that se- there seems to be a certain like, uh, you know, even the whole idea of acceptance comes with, I don't want to get into it. That's not the point I'm making, but there was definitely a feeling of, I did it because of the the consequence of if I didn't do it. And there was something to do with the way I thought as well, that if I didn't think of every possible negative outcome, like if I didn't pray every night and then ask God to protect me from terrorism, like I remember there was like four main things. I remember one of them was like making sure that terrorists didn't didn't fucking bomb Australia or something crazy like, I remember like I used to have these crazy ideas that all of a sudden all of the screens would turn on in our house and it would be the news and it would be like, you know, you name the terrorist face on the TV saying like, it's over, we're coming for you. And then all of a sudden the door gets kicked in and, you know, and then another one was like, please look after my grandparents and make sure because I had this thing that, you know, grandparents just randomly die all the time. So I had to pray to make sure that my grandparents and if I didn't pray for them, then I would wake up in the morning and they'd definitely be dead. Or if I didn't pray about the terrorist thing, then I wake up in the morning and that'd be the end of the world. You know, it's like, so it's always this having to exhaust this, these negative thoughts to make sure they couldn't happen in reality. And I don't know how I didn't just fucking have the world implode around me because now I understand. And I don't want to say I understand the power of manifestation because too many dudes with hair that is as long as mine have ruined the word manifestation. They really have. Like it's one of those things where the only way to make manifestation cool again is to kind of get to a point where you don't talk about it. When someone asks, like, how did all this happen? Well, I guess every day, like as soon as I woke up, I looked towards the sky and then basically told it what I wanted to achieve, how I'm going to achieve it, the time frame in which I'm going to achieve it and everything I'm going to do today to get it done, you know? And in that, I literally like said to the universe what I wanted. And then in a way, the universe kind of gave it all back to me, you know, but if you're going to fucking summarize that in a couple of words, it's I manifested it through words and action, you know, but yeah, it's crazy to think that now I rely so much on just focusing on like, if I'm really worried about something, it's like, okay, well, let's go through this in the best possible way it can happen in the best possible way it can happen. And the crazy part is, is most of the time, like I find people who are in this position where say you say you're the person behind the counter that's your you've you've had this interaction a hundred times today already. You're just gonna be more responsive to what my attitude is, more so than than anything that's gonna happen. Like if I walk in and be like, oh hey, um yeah, I was wondering if you had a ten mil spanner. Or if I walk in, hey you going, mate? Yeah, fucking oath. I saw it at the front, so she- oh, yeah, anyway, I'll we'll get to that. You wouldn't you wouldn't have a ten mil spanner. I'm probably more likely to get what I need in a really fucking well lubricated sense from the second option than the first option. You know? I feel like You know, you walk in there, dick in hand, not knowing which way to fucking look, you know, you're going to get treated like someone who's exactly that. But if you walk in there, own the situation, especially if you're speaking with another integral person, they're going to give you that respect on the spot. You know what I mean? It's like, you come in like dick swinging, let's go. That's what it's about. So I give a lot of time to the power of like, I don't even want to say like visualization or manifestation. I think at this point, I give a lot of power to the concept of prayer. I like, this is probably something that I didn't want to talk about on the podcast. Cause it's like a, it's something that I haven't quite figured out, but something that I do give a lot of power to right now is making sure that I start the day, like before I even have time to think with my, like, I've got a full, it's like a four page thing that I hand wrote. When I say hand wrote, I mean like I generated all of it probably about a year ago now. And I've said this thing every day since. And literally like the things that I said I wanted to achieve in the future, they just happen one by one. One by one, they keep happening. So I give a lot of power to this idea of like coming up with a, you know, I think it's a chief definite purpose. It's quoted as in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, and once you have that that thing that you're working towards, like as soon as you figure out the the why about, you know, like what what it, what is a chief definite purpose, why do you want this thing? Why do you want it? Like, why do you want success or why do you want financial freedom, whatever the rest? And as soon as you figure out that why, the how becomes really easy. You turn the how into words and then you rehearse that to yourself every day. And then it just fucking ends up happening because you've, you're literally saying, you know, what you're trying to achieve, how you're going to achieve it, the time frame in which you want to achieve it. And then everything you have to do on this day to make sure that tomorrow you're prepared for the day after, for the day after, so that when that day comes, that you said you were going to achieve something, you achieve it. It's just, it's such a bizarre thing because it's like one of those things where like, I'm at the point now where I've been doing it long enough where I can say, oh yeah, that, you know, there is some depth to that and there is some like real value to doing this. But, you know, there's a lot of fucking days where I would look at the sky at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and keep saying this shit. Sometimes I even put my hands together. I mean, now I put my hands together every day just because it feels fucking powerful. You know what I mean? It's less about me putting my hands together to pray and it's more about me just like joining forces with myself and like I just say what I'm going to do and fucking squeeze my hands and grit my teeth and, you know, let myself just be fucking fully embraced by it, you know? How fun does that sound? I might do it after this just just because I fucking can, you know? It's such a, like, and as I said, I've definitely come from a place of like, you know, just looking up at the sky and saying like, I want to be a millionaire one day and... I want to have a really good brand and now I'm just fucking I'm dialed in I'm waking up every day I know exactly what I've got to do I know exactly how long I've got to do it for and like the 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 more I just keep my head down ass up on that chief definite goal the more obvious everything seems you know I was actually I was having this conversation with my mum just now oh, I'm gonna to have to wrap this up soon I'm running out of time I had this conversation with my mum just now about uh conversations with people and and uh, kind of like finding depth in people and, and also like not finding depth in people, I guess is the easiest way to say it. It's this idea that people have, a, uh, people have a tendency to talk about nothing sometimes. And I think the hardest part about talking about nothing is I feel disrespected in the moment that people start talking about shit that doesn't get us anywhere. And only because like I get that there's sometimes where there's just nothing to talk about And one thing that I struggle to be comfortable in doing, especially when I'm around Larissa and full of energy, is just to be comfortable with silence. Because you know what I want to talk about more than the footy or the weather? is fucking nothing. Because realistically, I've got a million thoughts going on in my mind right now. And look, if you want to talk about what I'm thinking about or you want to talk about what you're thinking about, that's really cool. But don't talk about some shit in the middle that isn't worth anything. You're disrespecting me. You're disrespecting yourself. You're disrespecting the space between us by filling it full of shit. You know what i mean like man i don't even know the point i was making but you understand what i'm saying here right all right mm. also working on a fucking cool partnership i brought this up a couple podcasts ago i'm really excited to uh to talk about it it isn't quite through yet so but it's, it's looking really really positive also just a little update on what's going on as far as the apparel side of the business so i did mention that i put in a pretty big order this morning It was for the hockey jerseys and the motocross jerseys. Now, just in case you're wondering at all, uh, the motocross jersey is a 125 GSM, 100% polyester. Essentially, it's a fishing polo, but it has no collar, has no buttons, long sleeve, obviously it's got the ribbon collar, Um, it's got the fucking nice thick uh, seams on it. It's just a really, like, kind of cool top. And the thing is, like you could wear this, you could literally wear this out in the sun, dig in a hole, and it's gonna give you full protection from the sun. Obviously, it doesn't doesn't protect the top part of your neck, but everything else, I mean a bit of sunscreen, all-round hat. This is the fucking this is the top to wear out in the sun. You could wear this out on a Saturday night with a pair of black skinny jeans or whatever you want to wear, and it's a going-out top. You can wear this shit down the street. I mean, I've I've been wearing it just with a singlet around the, around the house and going out and doing jobs and shit. It's such a cool, unique, like total, like I'm just so excited about, about that particular top itself. So if you don't know the one I'm referencing, it's uh it's an all black, it looks like a long sleeve top, but it is made out of polyester. It's nice and soft to touch. It's got a big black ink, the original black ink logo in the center. It's got the barbed wires down the sleeve and a big BX written in a really like creepy font on the back. And man, just a super exciting garment that, that we're gonna be bringing to the table real soon. Also have the hockey jersey, which if you're up to date, if you've been following what, what, the, what happened with the hockey jersey, here's a bit of backstory. Obviously, I think I said this on the other podcast, six years ago, seven years ago, five years ago, whenever it was, I ordered 10 of these hockey jerseys as a bit of a test with some spare money I had. I've been harassed about these fucking hockey jerseys ever since because they're so fucking cool. So obviously I just listened to everyone talking to me I've redesigned them, remade them. They're pretty much bang on exactly the same as the old ones. I've made one little change, but if no one notices it, I'm not gonna bring it up. Um, and yeah, they're, so the one thing to remember about the hockey jersey is they are, not, uh, they are not an item that I have adjusted to fit street, you know, day-to-day street wear or, or daily wear. They are a hockey jersey, right? So they're fucking massive in the chest and back area. They've got quite a short sleeve and they're quite long because they're made to have gear go underneath them. Now, the reason, oh my God, the dog just farted. What the fuck? That's crazy, it stinks. Um, That's so off-putting, what the fuck? Anyway, I can taste it. The fucking, the hockey jersey is uh, (laughs) a, You don't even hear it. She doesn't even move. It's fucked. (laughs) So yeah, the hockey jersey is quite large. Like it's a large fitting thing. I normally run, so I normally run a large in all of my shirts. I got a large hockey jersey in the sample, and it's a perfect size to wear over the top of a hoodie. Now I've seen now. So if you've seen the old hockey jersey, they're exactly the same style as that. They're they're as big as each other, is what I'm saying. Um, But the thing to remember with these is they're like a. They look really cool on girls that wear them with just like the cycling pants underneath or whatever because like they're almost like big enough to be almost like a dress sort of thing. I wear them over the top of a hoodie. If it's just if it's a real like in the middle day, you can wear them with just like a singlet or a shirt underneath and they're just like a nice, cool, big oversized thing. But if you're thinking about getting one, you want to go the size below what you would normally get in general because even if you are gonna throw it over a hoodie, where it matters, you're still gonna have the excess room to, to move around because as I said, they're quite big in this area, they're quite big across the shoulders and stuff, but still such a super cool item and I feel like the fact that they're a hockey jersey kinda of only adds to their uh, steeziness, if you know what I mean. So yeah, when they come out, I'm gonna be running, especially for people who have ordered with black ink before, you're gonna have your, uh, so obviously if you've ordered with black ink before, you get first dibs on all the new shirts as they come out. I contact you, I let you know what's going on. You get your your um, you know previous customer discount. It's gonna be the same with these. You won't get a discount on one, but if you get two, there'll be a discount. And I'm thinking about running a little bit of a promo on the day. I'm, I, uh I, I have some some cool ideas that I wanna to put together in the future. But I don't wanna to say too much. I just wanted to break down what's going on with those because they're not far away. They're super cool. And also, I did get more than 10 of each of them made, but they are super limited and just because I can't fucking afford to do so when they sell out I'm going to be moving on to the next project rather than keeping them around so if you're interested in them you're going to have to act fairly quickly because I think they're going to move fairly quickly as well I hate counting my chickens before they hatch but I think all my chickens are going to be fine in this situation if you know what I mean anyway I want to thank you for listening this is the Black Ink podcast number nine don't forget like and subscribe do all the shit to help me out be good to your mother and I'll see you for number 10